Welcome to the Art Studio Insights Podcast, where we demystify the creative process and exchange ideas with career-minded artists. With your host, Adriana Amay and... Jackie Sanders. We're two emerging artists sharing for the advice and business lessons we have learned along our journey. So if you're not already, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast and you'll be notified when we launch a new episode every Tuesday. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about 14 practical marketing tips for creatives. And these are super easy things that you can implement in just a few minutes that will have an amazing ripple effect on your marketing and content creation strategy and save you so much time. But before <laughs> we dive into that, Adriana, what have you been up to this week? So I do want to throw in there real quick too. So for those of you that are like marketing, no, it's like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like you feel like you're allergic to it. Um, Just know marketing is the way that you present yourself to your customers and collectors. It's just your personal story. doesn't have to be a key, but anyways, we'll dive more into that. Just wanted to throw that out there before you go. No, I can't handle it. Um, <laughs> Next episode, we'll make it fun. We promise. It. I know it's like skip. Um, please don't. <laughs> we promise we'll make it worthwhile. Um, but before then, yes, weekly updates. So um, I'm preparing for an upcoming event, and I've been working on small four by four paintings. Um, I haven't done an in person event in a few months, other than you know in the studio, but outside of the studio, in person events uh, in a few months. So all the feels, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of excitement, a little bit of anxiety too. Um, well, I'll still be taking some larger pieces and originals on paper. When it comes to in-person events, a lot of times it's a smaller things that are more affordable and easily giftable. So that's nice. It's kind yeah. of a way somebody can gift your original art. Um, and then who knows that person who received it, maybe someday will come and get one of your bigger paintings you never know yeah um and from a logistic standpoint the minis they're easier to package and transport without fear that they'll be damaged so that's definitely a plus honestly it's not like my favorite scale to work at but from a practical standpoint it just works um and then something i do like about working on minis you know for in-person events is i can work on them simultaneously which I find is a more efficient use of my time and very satisfying when they start coming together. But the risk (laughs) when you're making, you know, um, a lot of multiple, yeah, a lot of multiples uh, at one time is that even though you're using similar techniques and some of the same elements, you really don't want them to look like they they're you're replicating them so that's not the point so that's always kind of a little bit of a challenge because then you get on autopilot and then it's kind of easy to be like oh they're all landscapes you know line 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 and it's like that's not the idea behind them um i like the way you say it too where like especially with a lot of your pieces you always relate it to like okay these might be siblings or cousins but they're never (laughs) twins and I love the way you phrase that, especially like thinking about pieces in a collection being cousins. Like you can see that like unifying factor between them, but it's not like, oh, this is an exact replica of the original piece. And I'm just mass producing 15 that look exactly the same. Exactly. So for those of you that, you know, uh, see or listen to our podcast and watch us on YouTube behind me, and this happens with Jackie too, like we'll have series of paintings that you yeah. can tell they're related, 
but you can't say, oh, they're clones of each other. So that's, that's kind of something that's a little more dangerous, I feel like, when you're doing minis because, you know, you're using some of the same brushes and very small surfaces. And it can be very tempting to just repeat, repeat. And it's like, that's that's not, in this particular case, they're not products, they're actually original paintings, which right. we'll talk about products some other time, but it's, it's a different mindset. So there's that. And then um, also, okay, this is like the nerd in me, it's like bursting <laughs> out, but here we go. I've also been really, really excited. I've been testing a new app to replace my 10 billion spreadsheets that I use in my art business. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll be sharing more on that later, but essentially I'm trying to be a little bit more efficient about tracking, you know, different elements of my business. So inventory, sales, up, up, like upcoming opportunities and contacts. So um, more to come if it works out, which I think it is like 90% yeah, uh, of the way and like setting it up, then I'll probably be sharing it on my personal Instagram. So you'll, you'll hear, hear me nerding out on it a little <laughs> bit more in there. But um, I think it's a game changer. Um, again, if it works out, so I don't want to jinx it. But I think it'll be a game changer for uh, my business and for creative yeah. businesses in general. So we'll see what happens. You, you've you seen a little peek of it, but. Yeah, I feel like any type of like tool or system that helps you become more efficient and like more streamlined is super helpful. So I'm super excited for you to be sharing that. But yeah, definitely <laughs> test out the kinks. Make sure it's something you want to recommend to other people. That's absolutely. Big. Yeah. Absolutely. But how about you this week? I've been seeing you like a busy bee inside <laughs> the studio, just, just going yes. back and forth. <laughs> so I have been running around like crazy in like the best possible way. So um, as I've shared on here before, I did move studios just over like six weeks ago. And so I moved just across the hall. So I'm still in the same building. It wasn't a far move, but there's always that phase in your studio where you're like getting used to the space, setting things up, building things. And so um, I've really been able to get back into my creative process, which is so, so exciting. And it just feels so good um, because it really does take time to get used to a new creative space. Um, and I feel like I've always really been this way. The work I make is a very connected to the creative spaces that I embody, which like started when I was a kid building my closet into an art studio all the way through <laughs> college classrooms and now having a studio at art space. So breaking in a new space is so exciting. Um, but I have to admit, like, I was so nervous jumping back into it. Um, because when you do take a long break from making <laughs> artwork, no matter what level you are at, there's always some level of like self doubt or questioning yeah. that comes into play. Inner critic. Uh, yes. It's just that inner critic of, okay, and I felt like because I was very fortunate to where the last series that I had made ended with a solo exhibition, which was super exciting, but it kind of wrapped a series up in like a nice bow, a definitive ending point, which is very, very rare as many artists know. So it really felt like this like rebirth or restart of a new series, um, which I think is going to be an iteration or evolution of the last series, but starting completely fresh and just staring at white panels all in my studio was the most <laughs> intimidating thing. Um, so I found that really what I needed to do was just get moving. And I know we've shared on a previous episode, creative warmups, way to just like 
break through those cobwebs, as I call them. Like it's not a creative block, but it's like, all right, just get reacclimated to the process, getting restarted. So um, I found like I just had to get moving. And so I just like you, Adriana, was making pieces in batches. So I have six ongoing right now. Some I'm more confident with than others, but I feel like each one had a specific purpose, which made mm -hmm. starting really, really easy. Like, okay, in this piece, I'm going to really limit the color palette. In this piece, I'm really going to focus on line weight variation. In this piece, I'm going to do like a drastically different composition than I have ever really done. And so having a specific goal that I was exploring with each of them, and then mm -hmm. as a result, when they are complete, then I can take that step back react to the piece and say, okay, this is the direction I want to move forward for my next series. Just like go towards what feels right right now. Because I feel like that's another thing that I've always struggled with when like restarting a series is, oh, well, I had this idea for this piece two years ago. Now that I finished this one series, let's go back to that idea. But sometimes when you revisit the idea again, you're not connected to it the same way. And you almost right. like, I find that I get down on myself. Of, like this was so charged with energy and excitement and purpose. And then I revisit the piece. Maybe it was just still an idea. Maybe I like half finished the piece and I'm like, it's I gone. lost it. Like the energy is gone. It's not there. And I used to be mad at myself for that in the past, but really learning like that is okay. That's part of the process. And that piece just like, wasn't meant to be. It's like, how can I take that and move on to the next one? Um, and maybe I'll get reconnected to it again a year from now. Um, so really just not letting the self-doubt uh, creep in. And really there's two post-it notes that I have right near my paint station in my <laughs> studio that I read all the time, especially when that self-doubt creeps in. And the first one is each painting can't do all things, which I think is so important because there's never going to be like one painting that like completely satisfies your creative itch, which is the whole point of why we're artists, right? Like there's too many ideas and not enough time to make them happen. <laughs> and I feel like the sooner we accept that, the better and be like, this is great for this reason. This is great for that reason, et cetera. <laughs> and the other one, which has been especially helpful in the past few weeks of, okay, like convincing myself to have the courage to get back into the studio, which even saying that out loud sounds so silly. Um, but it's, you can't create a painting with logic and I am very much an intense thinker. I'm journaling, I'm researching, planning out pieces, but there truly is a part of painting and creating that is just the magic that has to happen in the creation process. Granted, some people's processes are very logic based and that's a very different style of art. But for most artists, there is an aspect where you just have to get moving you just have to start the process and so much more will come from taking action on the movement of making a painting rather than trying to overthink it and only start when you're ready because then you're going to wait weeks and weeks, maybe months and not make a thing. And that's not helping anybody. So no, it's not. And we definitely have, I mean, if this is resonating with you, definitely check out our episode on creative warmups. 
Yeah. I think that will come in really handy. Also, by the way, if you guys can hear some of the noise in the background, do remember we are in a <laughs> public-facing studio. So yes. there are other artists working on different projects. So if you do hear any of that, you know, sorry about that, but that's the reality of our creative spaces. That's something yeah. we have to work through. But yeah, no, those, those are excellent quotes, honestly. I, I really like the each painting can't do all the things because especially if you're focused on what are the elements of design and composition, where's the line, where's the value, where's the, right. you know, all, all these different things. It's like, if you try to do all of them, that painting would probably look terrible. <laughs> right. You just and can't even like, fit all the things in one spot. It just Right. Just and even like way. overusing logic too. Like there can be like, okay, by textbook definition, this is a quote unquote good painting. It's the rule of thirds. It's whatever. Like you can overanalyze it, mm -hmm. but there are also so many paintings that like rationally should not be good, but they just have an emotion. Like they might defy a rule of the traditional elements of design, but they just feel right. Yeah. And that's we'll the kind of stuff you can't think through or capture. Yep. And that's something we'll definitely have to talk about at some point in the future. Um, yeah. But on today's episode, we're going to dive <laughs> into, although you and I have been very much in the art making process, in addition to making art, career minded <laughs> artists also have to market themselves. And that is a topic, like you said earlier, that for a lot of people feels super icky. It's like this trigger word of like, oh, I'm just terrible at marketing or I don't want to market myself, blah, blah, or blah. Or what is marketing? What is marketing? <laughs> but really, like when it comes down to it, marketing is really just getting your getting credit for all of the work that you are doing, showing the behind the scenes process that people don't normally see, showcasing your artwork and networking with other people, which again, isn't always in person, especially in this digital age networking online is a real thing. And that's one of the tips we're going to talk about today. So we brought together a list of each of us brought seven of our favorite tips. So 14 total of actionable, easy to implement things that you can do in just a few minutes that will really help your marketing strategy and digital content creation moving forward. So starting us off with number one, this is a tip that I use probably on a daily basis. It is to use the notes app in your phone to capture ideas, phrases, or anything else that comes to your mind when they come to your mind. So you don't forget about them because how many times are you left? Oh, I need to remember to do this. Oh, I have this great <laughs> idea while I'm randomly like waiting for my coffee at the coffee shop. But you're like, that is the best idea ever. There's no way I could forget it. Then you get back to your studio a day later and you're like, what was that thing I wanted to do? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't remember. <laughs> like having a place that where you capture all of those ideas is so helpful. And especially for content creation for digital media. So like social media platforms or your blog or your newsletter. So let's say if you're thinking of some of your favorite quotes and you say, oh, I just need one quote to put under the caption of my Instagram today. Maybe you do some research, look through books, and you actually find 10 of them. Rather than just picking your one favorite from the 10, put all of them in that notes app so that you can, next time you go to post a picture and you're not feeling very inspired, you feel like you know you need to post, but you don't know what to post under it. You can take from that notepad of content that you wrote while you were feeling inspired and put it in the caption. And that is super, super helpful to have that vessel of, 
writing that you did when you felt connected to it, just like we were talking about earlier with like the artistic muse, that's the same with writing too. Pulling from that content so that it's ready to go when you need it, right there in your notes app. And all of us normally have our phone with us most of the time anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll say like, if you're driving, please know most smartphones do have a dictation option yeah. that will actually write it into the notes app and you can go and review all the typos later, but safety first right. people. At least to get um, your gist of the idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, second on the list, we have collaborating with others. Uh, even if you are in different industries, it can lead to really interesting outcomes. And honestly, yeah. making that initial connection can literally only take a few minutes to send a DM, send an email, make pick up the phone, <laughs> you know, call another another professional. Um, say, for example, if you team up a fine art painter with a textile artist, you know, not only could you come with a very interesting product together, you, you also have the opportunity to cross pollinate audiences, you know, to yeah. show in this collab you know, you might be exposed to folks that didn't even know you existed and vice versa. So be open to the possibility of collaborating with others. And no, again, it can only take a few minutes to just get that started. Exactly. Especially in the world of the internet. I mean, everyone <laughs> is at easy. A, yeah, everyone's just like right at your fingertips. It's just so amazing. Um, which brings me to number three is especially for this one's social Instagram specific. So if you notice on social media posts, there's a little flag on the right hand of the image, at least at the time of this recording, August, 2021, <laughs> that's where the flag is. We all know Instagram likes to change, so it might be different later, but I'm sure the saved feature will always be there. There's a little flag that lets you save a post for future reference, which is awesome. But in the past, I had always just put them all into the same saved folder, but you can actually make specific folders within your Instagram, which is amazing. So using saved folders on Instagram to categorize items that you want to reference later. Um, so for me, a lot of the ones I use all the time are ideas that I want to explore. So maybe there's another artist that makes work that you really connect with. You're like, oh, I like the way they did this. How can I incorporate it into my work? Let's save it. So it's not gone in the ether of Instagram forever. <laughs> or I also have a folder of like things I want to buy. So there's some artists where it's like, this is not my style. I can't necessarily incorporate it into my work. But when I save up money for my monthly invest another artist bucket, this is the artist I'm going to. So saving those things. Also networking and other galleries. So if there's artists that you want to reach out to or galleries that you know have open calls, saving them all in one spot. So when maybe once a quarter, you set an alarm on your calendar, say, go look at open calls. You can go straight to their social media pages and they're all right there in a list. It is so, so helpful and saves you so much time versus scavenging and the endless scroll of what was that one post that I think this person posted, <laughs> but it may have been that person. It helps so much. So use the saved folders in Instagram to categorize things that you see and wanna to respond to. Yeah, that's a really good one. I definitely use that one too. If there's yeah. media outlets, if there's collections, if there's venues that you want to have your work shown at at some point, exactly. yeah, just save all that away, you know, just take it off your, your worry list, to-do list and deal with yep. that when you have focus time for it. <laughs> but that brings me on to the next one. Speaking of focus, um, when talking to collectors, again, this only takes a couple extra minutes of your time, totally yeah. worth it. 
pay attention to their stories and the background, you know, that they're, that they're sharing with you. Not only does this help build the relationship with them, but over time, you're going to start seeing some common threads. And Mm -hmm. this in turn will lead to improved communication since you'll have better clarity on who to address, you know, when when you're talking to your audience, like, what is it made out of? Is it mostly folks that are in a medical field and love horses. I don't know, I just made that up, right? But right. it's like, once you, you start talking to people, you're like, wait a minute. And then when you're creating your marketing strategy later on down the road, you can target yeah. a little bit more efficiently, you know, your communication, your posts, your captions, because now you know what your collector profile looks like, which is a totally different conversation. But all I'll say for now is give them those extra few minutes. It's not just, transactional they're not just buying milk at the store you know what i mean like they're buying a piece of art they want to learn about your story take a couple extra minutes a couple extra minutes to learn their story as well yep and so the next one on the list is really focused on digital creation so when you're going to take photos for your newsletters or especially for social media a lot of the time we don't always have other people around to take photos of us you may not have the money saved up to do a professional photo shoot, but you still want to capture those behind the scenes pictures. What does it look like in the studio when your works are in progress? What do these action shots look like as you're painting or even just photos of your work? And so, especially if you're going to be putting yourself in the photos, which I highly encourage because again, people want to buy from people and their stories. A great thing to do that I learned was Yes, there's the timer on most phones these days. So you can set a timer in 10 seconds, it'll do the burst of 10 images. And then if you don't like it, you can go and reset it. But another way, especially just for social media, the quality won't be as good, but they're realistically be good enough for most social media platforms is when you're taking photos, actually take a video. So what you do, you set it up either like leaned up against a jar of paint or on a tripod if you have one, set the video to record and then go in frame and do your poses basically do your painting. And then you can go through and watch the video and just take screenshots. That's a great way to get pictures that feel good. You don't feel stiff. They're not posed, but you can also get multiple angles and multiple uh, poses within just a one minute video and then just screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. And you have pictures to choose from. So that's what I have found is a lot less awkward of a process when you're just by yourself taking pictures in your studio. (laughs) Yeah. And actually that ties into another one we have on the list that I'm going to skip forward because it actually ties in with this very much. Um, Depending what you're using, you know, another tip is sharpen your video skills. Uh, honestly folks i mean there are plenty of free tutorials you can watch apps you can try um you know some of them are completely free research shows that videos as a marketing tool are significantly more effective than static content and i mean if you think about it would you rather do one 30 second video or 10 posts with long captions i'm gonna go with the video right but as it ties into what jackie was talking about just now is If you are familiar with some of these video tools, instead of doing screenshots, you can actually take it right out of the video and take the frame that you want and that will be the full quality of it. Or you can actually take that and then just make like tiny little animated five second 
you know, like a little, <laughs> a little animation yeah. of yourself, like in action. It doesn't have to be anything fancy at all. But I would definitely say uh, the next step that I have for y'all is sharpen those video skills. And by the way, you don't always have to be like facing the video, which, you know, if you're not, you know, familiar, like if it's uncomfortable to you, you don't have to do that. Right. Like Jackie was saying, like leaning that, you know, that camera or that phone against a jar or something in a corner, like it can just be like your hands, the back of you, like, you know, zoomed in on the brush on the canvas, you know, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat there. Right. But definitely. Yeah. We're those video skills. Believe me, it's a worthy, worthy uh, extra few minutes spending here and there uh, to sharpen those up. Yeah, and if you guys want to go ahead and check out both of our Instagram pages, they're tagged in the show notes, but we try to really switch up the photos on our Instagrams. And so if you want to look at there, it's ever evolving, but we really try to show up, okay, here's back of my head hanging a picture or in action <laughs> or just smiling with a piece. So really switching it up. Um, but in addition to video, there's also going to be situations where just like how we're recording it today, you're on video meetings. And so you do it a decent camera and good lighting. But one thing that I have found is super awesome from a networking standpoint on those Zoom calls is you can actually, as a little trick, do some passive networking. So anytime I'm on a Zoom call, whether at my day job or art networking, you can actually, if you're within Zoom, and I'm sure on Google you can do this too, you right click on your screen and go down to rename. And then you can actually say what name shows up for your screen. The default is whatever your name is when you made the account. But for me, for example, I could say Jackie Sanders, comma, visual artist, and then put at J Sanders studio, which is my Instagram handle. So whether you're in a meeting with five people and then they're like, oh, she clearly has an Instagram presence or a social media presence, or in a lecture with 50 people, if someone puts that on there, be like, oh yeah, I'm kind of, Maybe they're zoning out on what's actually being talked about and they're scrolling Instagram anyway. <laughs> they might go to your page and then follow you and then you can build a connection that way. Um, so that is a great way that I have found for passive networking to really just showcase, again, all of the work that you are doing, both digitally and your fine art practice. Or maybe you put your website on there. The possibilities are really endless, but putting forward you as a brand and putting that professional title right up front is super helpful. <laughs> yep, I've done that one. That's that's definitely a solid and an easy thing to do. And not only yeah, takes, and not it even takes a few like minutes. Two like, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, the next one we have on the list uh, might be a little obvious for some, but good reminder for others. Use Google Calendar or a similar tool to block off the time and focus on your marketing strategy and related tasks, especially admin ones. For some of us, guilty yeah. is charged. Um, <laughs> it's easy to get carried away with just painting and postpone creating social media posts and videos or working on newsletters, all the things. Um, besides, when it comes to it, sometimes what I'll do, so I'll just share this, is I'll block off the time in the calendar. I'm not ultra specific about it. I'll just say like admin, right? Like marketing, yeah. whatever. Um, and I'll use that as a way to knock it off before I paint. So paint in a way is my, is my reward for doing the part <laughs> I didn't really necessarily want to do first. Cause I'm like, if I start painting, I'm probably not going to do it. So anyway, never going to stop. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll do that later. So anyways, that that's kind of my thing is like use uh, a calendar, especially a digital one um, could be specially helpful. Block off that time, get it done, you know, and if you're focused on it, it'll probably be faster than spreading yourself then. Um, right. And then reward yourself with a painting session. Boom, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that time can be blocked off either um, every day in the morning or weekly or monthly or even quarterly, whether it's okay, website updates once a quarter or whichever. Um, so really figuring out what works for you and what is needed to make sure all those things get done. And we do have uh, an episode where we do talk about some of this in the past, all about time tracking. So yes. go ahead and check that out if you have, <laughs> if you want more ideas on how to use your time effectively as a small business owner and artist. Yes, exactly. And one thing that really does save me so much time, and I really didn't do this until recently, is number nine marketing strategy on our list, which is make a um, folder on your phone and put all of your branded images in there. So if you are a small business owner or creative that has a set logo or a set headshot or certain photos that you use a lot when marketing yourself and your products, put all of that in a folder on your phone. So that way, anytime you need to reference them, they're all in one spot. You don't have to think back of when did I do that photo sheet? Oh, that's right. That was last November. Let me scroll back in all these pictures <laughs> to get one. So that way it's all there by itself and you can really plug and play as you need them. So especially if you're posting on social media, you can put them right in your feed or what we do a lot. If you watch either of our Instagram stories, putting like, let's say a banner for the podcast, use it once a week, every time the podcast comes out. But I know, oh, I just have to go to brand images, select the picture, and then it's right there in my stories. I don't have to scroll back every single time. It saves so much time. I don't know why I didn't do this earlier. <laughs> Moving on to number 10 on the list, having a hard time wrapping your head around marketing. There are tons of fantastic marketing books out there. Not that you've never heard us talk about books <laughs> in this podcast, um, but look, they're out there. They filled to the brim with ideas and strategies you can try in your business. Set aside a few minutes aside every week or you know whatever works for your schedule to keep the overwhelm at bay. For visual artists, again, not that you've ever heard me talk about this one, here we go. Um, <laughs> I definitely recommend, I'd rather be in the studio by Allison Stanfield, which is essentially a no excuse guide for artists for self-promotion. So it's basically about the marketing, how to market yourself as a visual artist amongst other cool stuff that she's got in there. But yeah, if if marketing, like we were mentioning earlier, if it seems daunting and you're watching the videos and you're getting googly eyed, just grab a book. Maybe that's the maybe right. that's the way that you absorb it better. And there's plenty of excellent ones out there. Yeah, I think the biggest thing from that is like being willing to learn from others. Yes, yep. there's an aspect of trial and error of what feels right to you. But also you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. So listen to others, be open to trying things out, do what feels good for you. And that's the foundation of any good marketing strategy, which I love how she presents so many options of how to do it. Yep. It's so nice. <laughs> um, number 11 is one kind of related to my number one, which was bulk write content in the notes app of your phone. And this is one that I do pretty much before any big event that I have is I actually write the social media posts about the event before the event even happened. 
So this includes like thanking everyone for coming out, taking a picture. So especially if you're doing a market, take a picture of you in front of your booth at the beginning of the event, right after you got done setting up, or if you have an open studio, maybe a picture you like just got into the studio, you're still looking good from getting ready. And so taking a picture that you have ready on hand, ready to post, because realistically, if my experience has taught me anything is if there's a very successful event, by the end of the night, you've just talked to tons of people. You might have a handful of pieces that may be missing from the photo if you take it after. And if it is an evening event, you might just be completely depleted of energy in a great way, but still depleted to where you don't think about necessarily thanking everyone who came to the event or taking event photographs and all of that. So Focus on taking those pictures and writing that caption before the event even starts. So that way, when you're leaving, you can review it, add content if you want, if there's a specific story or something you want to tell, but you still have an option to just say, post, put your phone down, go to sleep after an amazing event. And that helps so, so much rather than putting it off for a few days. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I have to try that for the next first Friday. We'll see how it goes. Yes. Um, all right. The next one on the list, we're, we're starting to wrap this up. Uh, I have recycle and reshare content across different platforms. Honestly, you know, if you have an amazing breakthrough collection of paintings or a fun upcoming event, share it on your social media, share it on your blog, share it on your newsletter, share it through word of mouth with your friends and family. Like you could even get printed materials. In other words, copy paste it. Like, and yeah. you may be concerned, like, wait, aren't people going to be seeing the same thing over and over? A lot of times, all these different channels, there's not that much overlap in terms right. of the people that follow you. And you know what? If they see it a couple times, whatever, maybe they need the reminder. You know, marketing right. says a lot of times they need several, <laughs> several reminders to actually remember something's coming up. So, it doesn't hurt. Like, so what if it's the same thing? Um, right. But yeah, just, definitely reshare, work smarter, not harder. <laughs> exactly. And that's just like brand consistency too, because if you only share it on one channel and not the others, that I feel like instills like maybe a distrust, but feel like, oh yeah, you're consistently sharing about this and making a big deal of it, it then your audience will too, which is super helpful. So number 13 that I have, so the last one of mine is I have to admit, just kind of a pet peeve of mine. Um, there's by no means a rule that this has to be followed, but just in similar vein as Adriana talked about of like, okay, you have your audience on multiple platforms. They don't necessarily see the same content on all these different platforms. And we all know the infamous social media algorithm. It's always changing. Only a certain percentage of your audience sees content anyway. So my tip is never apologizing for not posting on your page, not posting on your stories, not sending out a newsletter, because I'm sorry to break it to you, <laughs> no one has noticed. And that's the biggest thing, just by sharing, I'm sorry I haven't posted on here a while, but blah, blah, blah. They only realize that after reading your caption. And truly, if they actually do notice, they're already a raving fan of yours anyway. If they're paying that much attention, they're not going to care that you haven't posted. So never apologize for being in tune with your practice or taking a step back and focusing on family and friend time and other commitments. But when you show up for your marketing strategy, just show up and give content that your audience wants to read and see 
rather than apologizing for maybe taking a day or two off because <laughs> no one noticed. <laughs> I know sometimes I take a couple days off and I'm like, nope, I'm not going to say anything about it. I may say yeah. I'm catching up on a challenge, but I'm not going to be like, oh, I took two days off because I had all these other things to do that were higher priority than social media. Why? Right. Like most people don't even know you were gone. So yeah, exactly. that's, that's a great tip. Um, and last but not least, number 14, drum roll, please. Um, <laughs> use your browser bookmarks or even Pinterest to save ideas you would like to explore and iterate on for your website later yes. on. Remember websites are part of your marketing strategy and the way you present yourself and your story. So it's a never ending project <laughs> to iterate and update your website. So this is a way in which, you know, if you had a color palette or something about a layout that caught your attention in someone else's website, it doesn't even have to be an art website either. It could be something completely unrelated. You can save that puppy down in your, in your browser. And much like Jackie was talking about saving on Instagram, you know, this is something you do on your browser. If it's not on Instagram, you can reference it later when you are ready. Um, so yeah, anyways, that, that one was kind of a basic tip, but uh, just a quick reminder for some, you can always save it on your browser or Pinterest and go check it out later. All right, and with that last tip, we have wrapped today's conversation and we hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, both of our blogs will be linked in the show notes where you can find episode notes, resources, including links to Allison Stanfield's book, I'd Rather Be in the Art Studio, and a free downloadable PDF with all 14 of these practical marketing tips for artists. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, also, if you want to stay connected with us in between episodes and share what you've learned, or if you have tips of your own, uh, you can follow us on social media. I'm at Art across all platforms. And I'm at Jay Sanders Studio on all platforms. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week.